Transform the way you hunt with the all-new Bay Cellular Trail Camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up podcast. We are on episode 152. We got a fun one this week. We have Jim D'Agostino, Antler Up teammate, and we talk about Jim's PA mountain buck that he got on the last weekend of the PA rifle season. So he shares this story about it because it's a whole team effort during this trip because Jim went out there with the Pertnier Outdoor Boys up from New York, and he took this last like six months, I would say, to get himself in tip top shape to get out there, perform at his best. And he talks a little bit about that as well. And there's like 25, 30 guys that get together during this hunt, and he really was looking forward to it. And he, you, you could just tell in this kind of in this chat of how pumped he was about this trip and what it meant to him. So really excited to hear about it. But to go with this, we also discussed his kind of takeaways from this past season and what how that's going to lead into his spring and summer preparation. So really fun conversation. We bounce a bunch of ideas off of, off of each other. Really enjoyed this conversation. So wrapping this up, he also talks about keeping in that archery shape what our game plan is for indoor season so if you're looking for a new set of arrows or need some bow work done and you live in the eastern part of pennsylvania then be sure to hook up with jim over at keystone precision's uh archery page does some awesome stuff you know i'm kind of spoiled i learned how to do my own work and could do things for dimitri and i but man he got uh our bows tuned up ready to go for this past season so i know we'll be doing the same coming up for uh next year as well but definitely check them out thanks a lot merry christmas everybody antler up and before we get into this week's episode i want to share with you a discount code from black rifle coffee and black rifle coffee company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love america so fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code antler at checkout to save 20 percent off your purchase and or your first club coffee club subscription last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers we partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. All right, everybody, let's get into this week's episode. 
Am I talking to the the new character of Modern Warfare? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that, dude? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, uh, that app is uh, that app is hilarious. That is funny, man. So, you like how I, I post I posted that on my uh, my my other personal Instagram page. I was like, uh, well, since this is a trending thing now, I guess I'll just uh, jump right on here. Yeah. I thought that shit was funny. Oh man, yeah. I'm sitting back. What's that? I'm sitting back enjoying a glass of whiskey. Nice. And uh, yeah, just enjoying the, the the time off. The the week is the week is over. What are you the drink? work week? What are you drinking, Dimitri? Anything? Bush. Bush heavy pounder. Hey, cheers, boys! Great season. Great season. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, well, I uh, this is uh, I'm actually having this is the we're all out of beer that like kind of that I like, but this is the apricot wheat from Otto's Dimitri. Have you ever had that one yet? It's yeah, I've had a long time ago. Yeah, it's nice and light. My wife likes that one, so I got that one for her, but that was all I had left. So sweet. Well, I, uh, I'm glad we're all all together. Um, do a little bit of a, I guess a little bit of recap, but I know what what was really cool, and, I, and Jim, I know you have uh, – a really cool insight and kind of feeling about it because we all, the three of us feel the same way. Uh, so, and like Dimitri to kind of talk a little bit about the whole, like how we really split time hunting, like the private and public. And, you know, we just kind of do our own, you know, thing, what makes us happy and seeing what a lot of different, I guess, things are out there with the whole, Oh, it was on public. Oh, it was on private. And like, it doesn't really matter. Kind of like what you and I were talking about with Mitch It's just, as long as we're hunting deer, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of at the p- point where it's like, we need to put this public versus private thing to bed. Like it, it needs to not be an argument anymore. It needs to be a celebration. Like we all are after the same thing in just different ways. And we all need to accept that and not talk down on the next guy because, you know, he shot his deer on his family's farm versus the guy that hiked 10 miles for a deer. I mean, there's two different types of uh, difficulties there. You know what I mean? And uh, I use myself as an example. I've had way more success in my hunting life on public land than I ever had private. But that doesn't make me a better hunter than the guy. That makes me a, a really shitty private hunter, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, you know... I, I would never hold myself like to a standard where like, Oh, I'm, I'm better than this guy because I killed more deer on public land. That, that, that means nothing to me. Right. You know, um, I've obviously using myself as an example, I've had way more challenges on, on private land and lease property. Um, and, and it, that has its own difficulties and it depends. So like, you know, Jeremy, me, you and I hunt, um, some lease property in mountain terrain. And I think Dimitri does as well. So, you know, that right there is a separate whole category in itself also, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being a difficult, um, a little quote unquote, a little bit more difficult type of, uh, private land, you know, and then you have like your standard, you know, ag land where uh, guys are sitting in box blinds and hunting over food plots and like all those sorts of things. And, and, and I'm not knocking the next guy. If, if you're out there and you're doing it legally and you're knocking down deer that you're happy with and you're proud to put your tag on, 
then I support you. Uh, Demetri, you have like, like at your in-laws has like the perfect setup. Like you got timber and then there's also food plots. Like you've, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but you've seemed like you've hunted more of that timber side of things than you did the food plots. Like I only ever heard you say one time and it was this year on that doe. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like the perfect setup. It's basically, uh, the North, uh, North face or South facing slope. Uh, and it's all kind of one Ridge up. And then when you get to the top, there's a little bit of piece at the, is part of the property before it kind of slopes off the backside. And then it's kind of another, pu- uh, public, uh, but the piece that, that I hunt, uh, it does have two, uh, food plots, one bigger one and the, the smaller, or at the bottom side of the the mountain and then one kind of halfway up uh we call it the small food plot but uh you know the, the the problem we're finding with the property is we just had it kind of uh examined by um uh someone the kind of management and, and look into how to improve the property uh the problem we run into is a, there's a lot of transition from the food to the to the bedding but there's not a lot of bedding itself on the property so you know, a lot of the deer aren't kind of hanging within the, the property lines for their bedding. And so, you know, you got to kind of play that transition game. So we're kind of doing some management uh, things. Uh, it's going to get logged a little bit, just a very small portion of the property uh, to create some of that bedding. So there are some things that we're trying to do there. So it's going to change a little bit of how to hunt it. Um, but yeah, typically I was hunting the timber. What, what I've been seeing on that piece is, you know, you will encounter uh, a lot of deer and maybe a couple uh, mature bucks early on in the year before it gets some of that pressure. Even though it's not getting hunted a lot, um, you can kind of see that even just one or two sits that the deer will sense some pressure, even if, you know, they're not consistently coming out to that field. And then, you know, they're not, they may come out the first, last 10 or 15 minutes of light and then, that's about it. And then as the season progresses on, you get less and less, uh, field movement in those areas. So, you know, and I, and you know, it's only a, like a 80 acre piece. So, you know, there's obviously fields, um, more to the West and East of that. So obviously there's other hunting pressure from other properties that the same deer are probably encountering there as well that are, you know, since they're not just always living on that piece. That's challenging because you think about like what, what's going to hold them there you know what I mean? Or at least keep them there an extra, an extra day for you to get in there. So like, I don't know, like for me, I'm, I would be clueless. Like, how do you, like how you're saying about creating more bedding and stuff? Like, do you do like, what's that hinge cutting technique? Like what's that going to kind of create for, for the deer and everything like that? Yeah. So the guy came into the property and he kind of mapped it out for us of, you know, what, what trees you would want to timber, um, which would give you some of the tops and some bedding area there. But he also marked trees uh, that you would want to kind of hinge cut. Uh, a lot of them are like invasive trees that, you know, you really don't want them on your property in the first place, uh, that they don't really do any good for the, the wildlife. Um, so he kind of gave us some tips of where to do that at and, and create, create some of that uh, bedding that way as well. Nice. Jim, what would you like if you had the opportunity to to make changes to like the mountains that you and I hunt? Like what would be something that you would change? Mm, um, definitely more timber cuts. Uh, I think the clear cuts are the hot spots. 
typically most of the, you know, different pieces that I've hunted, uh, no matter what County it's in or what WMU it's in, it's like the clear cut seem to be the hot spots for the buck activity. Um, and you know, aside from those clear cuts, a lot of times, if you have like that, uh, like from older clear cuts, there will be that that thick, dense undergrowth that will work really well for like doe bedding. Yeah, and and you get a lot of buck activity. You know, towards rut time, they're circling that those bedding areas. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more timber cuts done strategically. Like I'm not a professional, and I couldn't tell you how to do it or what trees to pick out. But I know that the game commission and the foresters uh, that I've taken care of certain. Uh, areas that I've hunted have done a tremendous job, and I'd like to see more of that. Bring them here so they don't burn down Dimitri's house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's crazy. Yeah, I, I for me, I know like the the club years ago. Man, I I I think I was only I don't even think I was hunting yet, and I do remember them doing like a huge burn, and it's like on our way, like going up, like pretty pretty early on and like for years that's actually where i i killed my first turkey was it like after that growth started coming up it was like in that field a little bit but the whole side of that clear cut it's not as primo as i think what it could have been well the canopy chokes out you know the the green undergrowth too right so that that's a lot of food sources for the deer a lot of times yeah and if they're not opening those canopies and, and getting those sorts of things going, I mean, it's, it's being, it's detrimental to yeah. deer activity and to deer food. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you, uh, finished off with a nice buck in, in, uh, rifle season went on with the, the guys up in New York. Talk a little bit about that because that seemed like a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Pennsylvania deer drives. That's like the most historical <laughs> thing, you know, <laughs> uh, ever, you know, and, and the area in which we do it, uh, those of you listening to this without giving it away, you know, that is like kind of where, um, those sort those, that type of hunting began. Uh, there's like, you know, historical museums in that area that have pictures and, and different things like that because of that's kind of where deer hunting originated in, in this, in Pennsylvania, which is pretty neat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the way that these guys put this on, it's, it's tremendous. I mean, you know, I've growing up, you know, we, I'm sure you guys have done the same thing, right. With a, a handful of guys on times to try to push strategically push different areas and have sitters in strategic locations and all that sort of thing. And the way that they do it is, uh, get, you know, 17 to 20 people in order to kind of cover as much of the, the side hills as you can. And, uh, kind of sweep these side hills in, in, a, in like a, uh, a bowl type fashion in order to keep the deer kind of condensed in these hollows. And then, um, yeah, and I mean, that seemed that, that right there strategy alone has, has certainly paid off, but having the, the manpower, uh, having all good hunters that are, that understand how to read topo maps and where to put themselves in certain elevation points is a huge factor. Um, Dallas, the, the guy that he's like the leader of the group, he's, he's the one that kind of draws up the plays uh, well before we go out there. So, and, and assigns a number, a number system to everybody. It, it's a really neat way more advanced way to do what we've done as kids. Um, and uh, then once, you know, once everyone has their strategy and, and we, we, we communicate on the radios and whatnot in order to make sure that everybody's in the same lines, we, we are all, everyone 
that's required to go on this hunt now has to bring a Garmin Rhino because that for one gives you two way radio for communication verbally, but then it also has your icons on the map. So that way you could also see what elevations you're on, but then for safety purposes, you can kind of see where everybody else is and strategy purposes. You can kind of make sure that you're keeping that equal distance and you're pushing everything the, the proper way, the way that we drew it up. Um, so it's, it's, a uh, it's only my second year with these guys. Uh, in this particular group doing this. And I, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's my favorite hunt of the year. They're, they're making me way more. Um, they're making me want to be more selective in the archery season. So that way I have a better chance of keeping my tag for that late hunt, which I'm thankful for too. Um, although, you know, archery hunting is my passion. It's uh, this hunting with like some of my best friends and quality hunters like that is like, is hands down my, my favorite. So, um, but yeah, as far as um, the strategies and stuff that, that we use, like I said, with sweeping the, the side hills um, and the communications and the topo lines, um, the last part is is uh, the sitters have a, have a tremendous job too. And getting you're you're kind of always still as a sitter, you're still even the pushers. Everyone is still hunting their way to their locations, right? So you're always in the hunt as long as you're out there, and that's the cool part about this where. Like years ago, we would hike logging roads out and kind of sit on these ridges, and then the you know the the pushers would come from bottoms and push out, and, and it, that all worked well. But you kind of weren't hunting until you were sitting for a while and you were towards the tail end of the drive per se. Okay. And and in the, in the way that these guys do it here, it's like you're hunting all the time. So you have just as good of an opportunity as a sitter and a push, uh, or as you do a pusher. Um, and, you know, everyone needs to ha- be, have the understanding and the woodsmanship to, like, you know, see different uh, vantage points and uh, put yourself in a good spot, like, for, near a clear cut or, you know, whatever. It, it's uh, it's really neat because you're, you're out there hunting solo, but you're doing it as a team all at one time, if that makes sense. Cool. I like that. What about, like, so when your shot happened, you said you had four bucks come in? Yeah, so to tell that story, um, so this was actually towards – the tail end of the drive, I was like one of the, I was the second to last sitter. I drove both drives the first day. So I had requested that I sit for the first drive of the second day, just to kind of give myself a a break. Uh, it was still several miles to get back towards, you know, where I'm going to sit. So either way you're working hard. Uh, but I get back and I, and I actually found myself a little saddle, uh, which was, was like, according to the, according to the, uh, Spartan forge, it would, it told me that, 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 that clear cut was about three years old. So that was a neat feature too on there to, to really figure out like how long that thing has been, you know, cut down. So that way you can kind of gauge if like, if it's even worth kind of sitting next to or not. Um, so anyway, this clear cut three-year-old clear cut is on, it is in right in the saddle between two uh, ridge points and it's in the upper third, like the elevation point was right at the upper third, which is like what, you know, what you read about uh, for like, as far as like buck betting and buck activity and all that sort of thing. So I felt really good about it. There was a lot of sign going in there, but then again, this being public land, you, you see sign everywhere. There's buck rubs and scrapes and things all over the place. The whole place looks awesome because there's just deer everywhere, but you know, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I felt good about where I was sitting, sitting for quite a while, get towards the tail end of the drive. And I could hear thrashing and crashing below me, um, about a couple hundred yards down below me. And, you, you know, to put it in perspective, it, uh, when you're sitting there and you're like kind of looking, you're, you're almost looking down at like a hard 
45 degree angle. It's like a very, it's almost feels like you're in a tree stand sitting on these ridges, right? Just cause they're so steep and long. And uh, so I'm sitting, looking down into this ridge and it gets down to about 120 yards and it like benches out and it goes down again. And right at that bench point, there's some deadfall and I could see movement getting come up to me right next to that deadfall. And, you know, instantly I, I get in, I, I stand up and I get up against the tree. I kind of had some, some trees cleared out at the bases for, for some movements, uh, maneuverable points quietly um, ahead of time. So I get up to one of those, those points and I scope and I see the first one's a, a, a nice shooter buck. And that turns out to be the buck that I end up shooting. But uh, while this is all transpiring in the scope, I could see other bucks coming behind it. Like instantly, <laughs> it was like just a train. It was unbelievable. And every one of them were, were legal and they were tremendous bucks. Uh, so I'm like looking and I'm trying. And the first thing I'm thinking is like, okay, which one's the biggest one, right? Like that's what everybody kind of does in a sense. So I'm like trying to gauge which one, the biggest one. And the last one that came up was really wide. And the way he silhouetted himself on that ridge line, he just looked tremendous. So I'm like trying to get him in the scope. I had him, I had a frontal shot on him for like a quick split second, excuse me. And he like bounded behind some deadfall and I kind of lost him. And as all that's transpiring, it sounds like it's taking forever, but this is literally, you guys know how it is. You kind of black out and go into autopilot. This all happens within seconds. And the deer that I ended up killing was coming up to me at, a, at about 40, 45 yards, uh, quartering to me. And I knew that he was already a shooter to begin with. So before I lost any opportunity at anything, I instantly just put the scope on him as he's, um, he's on a good steady trot trying to make his way up the hill. And uh, I, I crushed him, hit him right behind the shoulder, double lung, put him right down exactly where he, where he took his last step. Um, so I was fired up. I uh, racked another round, put the gun on safe and I set it up against a tree and I threw my arms up and I, I uh, just let out a bunch of yells and, uh, and excitement and as that's happening, the rest of the bucks kind of were like, you know, they did that like cat, like reflex where they kind of spread their legs out and they're all kind of like staring or looking at me and they're all spread out at different, different distances. And, uh, so quick thinking, I'm like, you know, we're always, we're a team, right? We're always in a team hunt here. Although I'm excited, I throw my hands up and I start waving. I start yelling and it pushes the bucks back into the drive and they go towards the next driver and then I hear him shoot. And then it was only another minute or two later, I hear the guy down at the bottom shoot uh, both single shots. And I was like, couldn't be happier. I, and it turns out those guys both shot. We ended up shooting three out of the four bucks that came together, That's which, was, awesome. which was pretty wild. That, that like never happens. And, and all the bucks being, you know, tremendous shooter bucks was just, it's going to be a hunt that'll be tough to beat for us. Um. So yeah, it really worked out well, but that just shows you that you try to have that, you know, you got to have that awareness, uh, to try to keep yourself in the game. You know, everybody works so hard together to push these deer. Um, you want to, you're, you're always there for the team and, and whether one, that's, what's cool about our hunts is like it, whether out of 20 guys, if one guy gets a buck or all 20, we're just as excited and everyone is, uh, is hap- more than happy to come bring their packs and knives and help cut the deer up and pack them out. And it's a, it's a tremendous celebration. It's a, it's a great team effort. And, uh, I was happy to, to be a part of it this year and to have those guys, uh, all have success all right next to me within a few minutes. It was a, it was a great day. Now, why do you think that that was the, the buck, those 
Buck's exit strategy for trying to go up in that hill? You know, now that you've kind of thought about what happened after the hunt, you know, was it that clear cut? Is that something that they were trying to get to or? I think so. Um, so most deer, right. The, at least from my thought is that they try to go to the path of least resistance and to, and towards the, the route in which uh, cover would be right for safety. And coincidentally behind me, after I crested the mountain and was kind of sitting, looking down the other side behind me was a tremendous thick uh, laurel patch. And I'm, I can only assume that that's the where they were trying to get to for safety. I don't know that for a fact, but that's it seemed that way. And the way that I was sitting in the saddle, the two ridges were very steep coming together in a V and that saddle is in between it. Right. So it was almost like a perfect funnel for deer to, naturally want to, to to go with the natural topo of the mountain to get to that laurel patch nice and it, it seemed to play out that way and it looks that way on paper so i can only assume that that's that's what it is but yeah looking back at it that's um i will for sure be sitting in those kind of areas again even if i'm hunting solo without a drive i think that's a good pinch point to kind of catch deer on the move from from bedding to uh or bedding or food to uh I'm excuse me from from browse and food up to bedding. Got it. And there were five five bucks taken. Five bucks taken total in the hunt. We end up killing another really great buck in the rain on the last day. Man, that's awesome. I it's uh, I tell people, I told guys at work, and I tell a lot of other guys that have hunted like you know that part of Pennsylvania before, and you show them the pictures, and they just can't believe it. The guys hunted thirty years out there and haven't really even seen or got a shot at a single buck like that out you know out there let alone five it's uh it was really we're really blessed it was really something um we and and what's really cool is the group that we're with is uh no one's they all come from <laughs> we joke with about the new york guys right because they all shoot big racks and they all talk about scores and all those sorts of thing and, and and that's all true but when they come to pennsylvania they are proud to shoot if it's legal they're shooting it and that's the cool part is like we're not out there big buck rack hunting of course we all want that but we're shooting whatever's legal. It's kind of like, quote, unquote, the end of our season, and uh, we're just giving it hell. So that's the other cool part about being with them is that, you know, if you came back with a, a half-rack three-point, they're going to be just as pumped for you as a as a 130-inch, 40-inch 10-point, you know? Yeah. Well, this – I know specifically how, like, one, you just said it, how much you look forward to this hunt, but, you know, this is a hunt where you got your ass kicked last year. And, that's a fact and not because of you know you found it to be no not killing a deer or anything like that but like more on that physical side and you took that full year to kind of change some lifestyle changes to you and, and you know talk a little bit about that because you know dimitri and i are both in that that health and fitness side of things being mm -hmm. you know where i'm at you know talk a little bit about you know what you did and 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 kind of the, the why yeah so to just cut to cut to it, I mean, I, uh, you know, you guys know what I look like before when we were at Total Archery Challenge and stuff, and I still have a long ways to go, but I'm down 25 pounds from that point, uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I just made it a point to make a lifestyle change for hunting. A lot of it's for hunting and for the benefits of, of being a better, better in the woods, being safer in the woods, um, but also, you know, obviously for my family and the longevity of my life, but uh, yeah, without last year was tough. This year was, was twice what we did last year as far as mileage and vertical, uh, mileage. 
And there's no way in the shape that I was last year would I have made it, nor would I had success. I would have never had been able to physically get myself into the point that I was this year to have success, let alone uh, be able to move effectively through the woods and be able to pack animals out. I mean, there's no way. And uh, it's more motivation now to try to to do better even for the upcoming years. And it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking being back in the gym and eating, eating right and doing the whole thing again. And uh, Jer- Jeremy's been a, you've been a great, you know, help and motivator for that. Cause obviously with your background, I don't really know what I'm doing in the gym. I'm still kind of like a newbie. I played sports and all that stuff, but I remember very little. So I've been kind of leaning on you for a little bit of advice there. I like when, um, when we chat and you're all cracked out on your pre-workout. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I get done with work and I, uh, I usually call you right before I go into the gym and we chat a little bit about the day or about hunting or whatever. And I, I uh, slam my pre-workout and I get all juiced up and then go in there and, and do my thing. What goals did you have? Could you remind us about like, did you have going into the season and, you know, maybe what trial, like kind of, you know, maybe some tough things that you went through over the, over the, the, the season this year. Yeah. My, my goal going into this year was, um, I wanted to put three deer in the freezer, no matter what. I had I had plenty of tags to do that. Uh, that was my goal. Last year, I had two deer in the freezer, and my family and I ate through that quickly. So I know that three is the number now that I need to have all the time in order for us to sustain eating without purchasing red meat at the store for a year. So that was my goal: three deer. Didn't matter, buck doe, whatever. I'd have been happy with anything in the archery season. My goal was to really, I really wanted to take a nice a really nice buck with my bow. I've, I've shot some good bucks, but I was really had my heart set on a really nice one. And I kind of fell into that, you know, where I'm checking cameras a lot. And, you know, I had some really tremendous gear on camera and I was really trying to go after a couple of them. And I sat a lot for them, but just didn't, didn't have luck. They didn't come, they didn't come by me. So I, I quickly switched gears to, from, you know, big trophy kind of year goal thing to, I need to feel my freezer, like crunch time's coming, you know? And at this, at that point, I think Dimitri already had killed two deer. So I was like, man, he's, that's what I'm talking about. I need to be on that. I need to be on that train and start laying some freaking meat in the freezer. So I quickly switched gears and got into that. Um, I didn't, and, and that was like right at the tail end of archery season. I sat the last three days of archery and didn't see a deer. So I went from deer all over me, passing stuff up. Uh, I let a bunch of, you know, 100, 100 inch, 110 inch bucks go by me. And I, I excuse me, I never pulled the trigger. And I, and, uh, I kind of regretted it, but I knew that in the back of my head that this, this big drive hunt that we do with the guys was always going to be there. Whether I had success or not, I just knew that it would have been nice to have a tag for that. So that, that's kind of been helped me get through that. Um, but as soon as a rifle came, you know, opening day, this first big doe that came by, I had to lay the wood to her because I was <laughs> Jones and for some meat. So, uh, so yeah, you know, it's funny how you go, it's funny how your priorities change based on the time of year, uh, the, you know, the season you're in, what your, what, what you want, what your goal, what your goals are initially, you know, do you want to provide for your family or are you looking for a wall hanger or both? Um, it's interesting, you know? Yeah. Dimitri, what, like, cause that made me like, think about like, cause I know I asked you like maybe what, you know, what went, what went, did anything go wrong for you come from a couple episodes ago? You know, what in this off season now, like, 
since we're a couple episodes from that and, you know, late season's kicking off. And I know you talked about doing the, you know, we'll go on some late season drives with Ian and, and everything like coming up. Do you have anything set forth that you really want to try to get accomplished this, this spring, basically going into summer? Uh, so I think I just want to build upon a lot. What I kind of did well in the off season last year is trying to figure out, you know, more, pattern or transitions of you know how the deer are moving because i feel like you know like we talked about before is i was kind of just picking spots of where i thought would be good right you know whether it was just scrape or history but this year i tried to really kind of hone in on you know really figuring out how the deer are trying to move and transition and you know being a little more specific where that bedding is and not just like a big general area of where the bed is and where the feed is. So, you know, and I kind of tailored, uh, the cameras to those areas and, you know, I didn't run a ton of cameras, you know, I have a handful, but I'm not running, you know, you hear some people, they're like, yeah, I ran some cameras like a hundred and I'm like, Holy cow. Like I can imagine having a hundred cameras sitting around. So, you know, I, I have a handful of cameras, but I tried to really utilize those specifically to where I would hunt and how these deer are moving. And I tried to really expand upon that, which I felt like would gave me a lot more success this year, just because, um, I felt like I was always in the game, you know, no matter what, um, you know, even if I only saw a deer or two during a sit, uh, I felt good about it just because I was learning information. I kind of, you know, knew what I was kind of, um, what I learned before the season was, was panning out. So that gave me a little bit of confidence. So what my goal is, is just to kind of expand upon that. Um, There's a couple other areas I want to do the same thing. So I kind of did some scouting during rifle and and wanted to um, found some areas I wanted to learn more about. And then I also, you know, as I scout and maybe put some pushes on for other people, I kind of use that to my advantage as scout and find scrapes and rubs uh, as well. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to kill two birds with one stone with that. So, you know, I, I did a little bit of that and I want to expand upon that moving here and probably in the late season. Now you say about like the trail cameras, do you have, and I know like, I'm not sure where I don't plan on possibly getting, I don't, I don't think I want to get any more for me personally. Like, I think what I have is enough. I think it's about now just putting them where I want to put them. Do you find anything that you might switch up with your trail cam strategy with anything yeah actually i I, i've talked to this um with a couple other people i I honestly don't think i'm going to put trail cameras out anymore until probably august to be honest with you just because you know i typically probably may june definitely in july i'm putting them out but a lot of that's just summer movement and it's not really telling me anything, you know, cause we all know in PA you, you, those bachelor groups, you know, group up there in the summer and you get these beautiful, uh, velvet bucks and, you know, you get excited. And then what happens, you know, August, September rolls around and then they kind of disappear. Um, so just that, that summer, I don't know, I guess what I used to call inventory doesn't really do a whole lot. Right. Yeah. Um, I think keeping them out from August into, you know, the whole season is going to give you more inventory for the next year than it is that current, uh, in season this year data, you know, cause you know, again, we're, we're weekend warriors. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to 
you know, I'm getting this picture of this buck, so I'm going to take the next day off. It's kind of being in healthcare. It's kind of a tough thing to do when you have a schedule of patients. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really not going to be able to do that. I did pick up two more cell cameras just for my in-laws since it's like a 50, 50 minute drive. That way I, you know, I can get some data without having to drive down there all the time to check them. Um, but I, I just think that the August to end of November inventory is going to be beneficial. You know, with family and kids, it's harder to, your time is limited in the summer. So if I can spend more time with them and, you know, um, only get the data that really matters for me. No doubt. And I think the three of us, we could all agree, like we're not hunting a specific deer. Like, you know what I mean? Where we know where he's living and here he comes like all that jazz like even- i was just gonna say that i was gonna be like you know so we don't name our deer yeah you know uh, that that's that's few and far between sometimes and you might get lucky you might have uh might have a camera in a spot where a deer hangs out for quite a uh, extended period of time right, right. Um, but for the most part in the terrains that we hunt in the in the, in the states we hunt for that matter i mean it uh it's just not it's not feasible I, I myself back to, to the, the points that Dimitri was making is that I have, I have cell cameras. I have uh, several cell cameras, but I don't plan on buying any more. Um, putting them in the strategic locations is, is key, uh, major trail, uh, trail points. And, and I don't, I don't, I'm not big on putting them over scrapes and things like that. Like a lot of other guys are, I think that's very, um, I think that's wise for a lot of areas. And I think that that's, you could be very successful that way. Um, but personally, that's not mine. I'm more on like trail systems. I want to see more deer movement. I'm not because like you, like to you, like what you said, we're not hunting specific bucks. So I just want to be where most deer are because I feel like that gives me better odds. Right. Um, with that, I also felt I, I'm this year was, I was better than the, the previous year, but next year I'm going to be even better with, uh, weaning myself off of so much camera, like, you know, activity. I, I don't want to be living and dying by my camera. I don't want the camera to try to tell me how to hunt. I want to be, I want to be the hunter. Yep. Right. And it's nice to have like the quote unquote inventory and to kind of, uh, uh, um, validate that the trails that you put on are very active. And I think that's what it's good for, but I cannot stress enough that it's important for guys to not live and die by those. You know, there's, you fall into that rut where you're like, Oh, I got bucks in there every single day. And then you go sit there for three days and you don't see any bucks, you know, and uh, you, you just burn yourself out quickly and you get frustrated and you think that you're doing something wrong. And it's just, that's just the nature of the beast. It, you just, I find that I have way more success when I put my cameras away for the year and I just go out and I play the sign and I play the terrain and just will let nature take its course. Well, that's what I, I also think the last two years, you know, and a lot of my success is just paying attention to detail of that fresh sign, right? That's going to tell you the, what, you know, what's going on at that time. How fresh is that sign? Uh, you know, even, you know, those feed trees or the acorn, you know, how many times have you seen a, a blanket of acorns, you know, on the ground, but there's no deer sign, right? right. You're like, why are they not, not here? You, you sit over that those acorns thinking that, you know, you know, there's deer in the area, but they're not hitting that for some reason. Right. You know, I don't know if acorns, uh, ripe or whatever, you know, maybe someone else would know that information, but if the sign's not there, why are you sitting on 
over that that tree right you know so i think paying it attention to details is going to give you a lot more um benefit to where you need to be at that time just because you know if there's acorns there and there's feed then they're there at that time you know if you see that that scratching and the scraping you know around that area um versus you know your cameras telling you there because they might be there one day and three days later they're not i could think of I almost wish there was a way that the cell cameras that I run, I guess, I mean, obviously you could set it a certain way, but like that day of Halloween weekend when I was in there and I had upset, like amazing, you know, action, you know what I mean? I had that piebald, I had all those other deer and, and the other bucks but when my dad sent me the photo of like that big 10 point come through where I was the day before all day, right at what, like seven 30 in the morning and just walked right by, which would have been like a 10 yard shot. Like that's like a, like a, a friggin' just getting a, a gun and just shooting yourself in the stomach with it. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, Oh my gosh, I was just there all day. And now here I am in this spot and that sucker walks right down there in that spot. But in the same time, like, what did I know that within the next three and a half hours, I was going to have just bucks chase like four bucks going after one doe, the piebald and another half rack and just deer all around me, which I loved all those opportunities, but it was also kind of like that. Ah, oh man, you know what I mean? Like you have that, that moment. It's like, that's the curse of those cameras. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, to watch stuff like that happen and to just, and to try to stay positive about it, but you have to force yourself, you know, you can't get discouraged. It's uh, Hey, he, he, uh, you know, he lives to fight another day type, <laughs> yeah. of, type of thing. You know, he you just, you got the right place, right time. A lot of it's, you know, a lot of it is luck. A lot of it is being in the right place, right time. It, you could set yourself up for as much success as you, as you want, but at the end of the day, they got to walk past you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that's why I, you know, my dad struggled with that as well. He has, my dad has 20 cameras. And for a guy that, you know, basically grew up hunting the same tree year after year. And, and he, know, the, he's, he's using normal cameras. Like he likes to go check them. Yeah. Yeah. He likes to go out. He, uh, you know, for him being a little older, he likes to get out, exercise, check his, you know, cards and stuff. It, it's fun for him. So, but he gets so wound up on the stuff that he sees. He's like, look at these bucks that are everywhere. Oh my God. You know, there's, there's deer everywhere. It, it's tremendous footage that he gets, but then he goes out there and he burns himself out trying to find these deer and they're just not walking past the cameras when he's there. Yeah. And you know, he's got to do a better job. And I think we could all do a better job with like trying to learn, learn from that. What are we doing differently? You know, what, what times of the year or what times of the day or, you know, what are we doing different? What, what can we do better at, from that? And don't just get hung up on the fact that, you know, there's so much activity there when we're not there. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else on that, Dimitri? Well, and, and you wonder too, I mean, you, you see a lot of people get, you know, daytime pictures and, you know, and maybe even something patterns or gets a little more consistent. And then, you know, you go in there and you don't see much, then you got to kind of, I think a lot of people's like, ah, well, he's not in here or he's not moving, but 
you know, is there a reason that he didn't come through that day? Is there something with your access, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you didn't bump him, but maybe he smelled you walking in or you left a scent trail and he kind of circles and, you know, maybe he's not coming in a straight line, you know, from point A to B and he's kind of circling and milling around and he, he kind of scented your, your trail walking in. So, you know, it's not something else to kind of think about is, you know, why didn't he show up that day? And I don't, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just tail it off to, you know, he wasn't moving during daytime, right? You know, if you're getting consistent pictures, then why didn't he that day when you were in there, right? There was right. something maybe external um, that drove him not to come through that day. So I think a lot of people kind of don't chalk that up and try to figure that out. Yeah. I think a lot of what pushes me is like not the unknown, right? Not knowing what deer is there. You know, if you go a hundred yards further and you get over the next ridge, there might be that you might stumble upon a, a buck or a, a, some more sign or this or that. And that, that's the kind of stuff I feel like that keeps us going in Pennsylvania, you know? And I, I can tell you every buck that I have hanging on my wall, I did not know that they live there. Okay. That is just straight up like right place, right time, putting yourself in the sign and letting nature take its course, you know? And uh, that's the part, like I said, that, that pushes me. I think I have way more fun that way, not paying attention to cameras, um, although cameras are fun and they're a good tool, I, I, I need, I'm, I need to do a better job of not abusing it and reading too far into it. I like that. I, I plan on keeping like those two good scrape cameras that I have. I know you said like, you don't necessarily like, like you don't put, put yours over scrapes, but mm-hmm. I feel like those two that I have over scrapes are really good and still getting deer movement and so forth. So I plan on keeping those. But then like the other ones, I do want to kind of get back to like what you said too, Jim, like finding like those huge travel routes or just seeing how a deer uses that train to kind of help me. Like what Dimitri said is to find that better access point, like which way could a would be my best way to get in there and a good wind. And you know what I mean? Like if they're quote unquote pattering, I'd rather rather see which way they're coming and going rather than. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, there's a picture, and you have no idea which way they actually came from, basically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. An interesting strategy I did this this year in the offseason was I found those main trails that were just beaten down from years and years and years, and I put my tracker on my app, and I just walked those trails. And, I, you know, it, it created the, the, the line work on my app for me. So then I can actually get a better visual of, like, how, these, how their trail systems run for the most part, right? And then I would set my cameras up on intersections of those trails and keep leapfrogging them as I'm getting activity and just try to follow them to try to figure out where are they going? What is their goal? You know, are they trying to go to bedding or where is their food sources trying to figure those things out? That that's, and that's how I want to continue to use it and not just like set it up in a hot spot and then be like, okay, this is where I need to sit. Right. It's like, I want to keep chasing them. And I feel like, I feel like that for us might be a better better way to use it dimitri did you by chance watch the seek one video of lee killing that ohio buck i didn't see it yet (laughs) so uh quick rundown he and i don't know the the laws when it comes to what he's doing and and in the state of ohio i guess he needed permission like written consent from the landowner Mm -hmm. and from dating back to like the previous January huntings, like that hunting season, 
he started going in that early to knock on doors and I guess continuously got no, like rejected. Well, finally he got yes from, and I could be wrong because I almost heard him say like two different things. Like he got a, a yes from the husband, but didn't not get the written consent at that point in time. And he's like, well, I want you to meet my wife to basically like, so she could agree on it as well. And like she did, but then he now needed the written consent. So like he went in, the guy was like a, a doctor whose property it was on. And he didn't know, like he just, he had no idea. Like it just looked good. And I think it was like October, early October, mid October or something. And he was there visiting basically and got the okay and uh, did not get the written form yet by the, at this point. And as he was like leaving, he was like, Oh my gosh. And he saw like this total magnum just totally just walking and and he quickly like creeped in and got on this like little hilltop like hill to look down in and he saw it again and he was filming it and it in you know it's october so he you know technically would have been hunting if he had the consent form Mm. so he got out of there didn't meet the guy it was just a wife at the time so he drives to kentucky kills a slob in kentucky Mm-hmm. sleeps there overnight, comes back up to Ohio to get the written consent form. He's working because he's a doctor, waits the next day, goes back in the next day. The doctor's still not available because he's working again. And he's like, man, I just, I don't want to feel like I'm bothering him, you know, all this stuff. And the lady was like, no, no, you're good. Like you're giving us the deer meat. Like he's so excited to try it and like all this other stuff. So he hangs out at a buddy's house And then, like, the next day he went and she's like, what do you need? Like, when he gets home, I'll have him sign the form and I'll put it in the door for you. And he's like, I just need this, like, form signed. So he does does that. I want to say maybe two days hunting this buck. I could be wrong. But he gets set up and it just walks right to him, basically, and kills that Ohio, just like I think it ended up being like a 170 something. It's just, <laughs> it's just, unbelievable. It's the stuff we all dream about. Yeah. Like, we to be out there for only a day or two and have a, a absolute monarch just walk past you is like freaking unheard of. But hey, I mean, these guys consistently do it. It's so nuts. whatever it is that they're doing, I know they're doing it right. And they, they understand deer and deer movement, especially in these suburban areas. It's crazy. So well, I tip, my, I tip my cap to them. What's what's even now? Uh, more fascinating about that buck in the photos you can't i guess you could tell but in the video you could really tell because lee kept saying it lee kept going man upside down yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah like dimitri you have to see it like oh my gosh like the frame is 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 unlike any deer i've ever seen yeah it's it's strange bizarre Mm -hmm. yeah i I don't know those like you said those guys do it i don't know we need to go to like pittsburgh and uh philadelphia to go do that type mm-hmm. of stuff because how many times in that early season do you go on like pa whitetail instagram page and you just see those just slobs just completely yeah. like that you know it's fascinating yeah. it is well it's getting down to uh what's what's a what's uh indoor season coming up we're gonna have dimitri and i are gonna you need to get new your strings put on you, your your strings don't you no i just got them as backups oh good i actually mine i need to put i'm still waiting for mine to come because the you shoot you shoot the crap out of yours jeremy yeah, I know. so <laughs> like my 
my bottom part's like frayed like yeah. pretty good. I mean, I still put the wax on it, but man. Dimitri only pulls this out when it's time. To kill. You know? <laughs> to kill. <laughs> he shoots right. a couple practice arrows and goes out and only pulls it pulls Kills it back it. when he's when he has to. I love it. <laughs> um now we'll have to uh see what the future holds or something and we'll be coming down to get tuned up again. That was a fun mm-hmm. day. That was a fun day. Yeah, it works out. Works out nice. We get everybody done all the same day. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, anything else that, that we want to think about? What's what's uh, on the docket or anything? I wanted to show you guys. I got the I got the head back today. Oh, nice. So it's, there he is. He doesn't fit in your screen. There you go. It doesn't fit. That's better. <laughs> but that that's it right there, dude. And hey, what and, can, and what did he score? One twenty. Around that, yeah. That's crazy. I think they got him at like one fifteen or one seventeen or something. He looks bigger. Either that, yeah, or I just, he, I just he, don't. He's it. he's a heavy frame, so I compared him to, I compared him to the other bucks that I have down in the basement here, and he's as far as width, he's wider than most of the ones that are down here. I think only that nine point is close. Yeah, with him, um, but heaviness of frame, he's up there. He's probably top two or three. Yeah, of all, of all of them. That guy did that pretty quick for you. Yeah, he did. Yeah. They did guy, a guy I work with, uh, Trevor. He yeah. did a tremendous job. He, he does good work. Dimitri, when we do the indoor league this year uh, for the 3D, are we just shooting it, or we do you want to keep track this year? Because last year I think you could have won some money. Uh, maybe we'll score it. <laughs> I'll get too competitive then. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jim? What do you got going on? Yeah, so I was just talking to my buddy Andy about this. Uh, we might switch up locations this year and just try to change change it up, do something different. We've been shooting the same uh, the same indoor league for a few years now, so I might switch it up. Might drive a little little further south and try a new joint. I might actually, Jeremy, try that place where we had that tethered teaching train event. Oh, okay. That in that nice indoor place. That, yeah. It's kind of off the beaten path there, but when we went in there that time and kind of talked to that, it's nice. That guy in there it was a nice, nice yeah. setup. Yeah, they had quite a few lanes there, so I might give them a shot. So, well, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, I think uh, I messaged Nate. I don't know, Dimitri. He's doing that indoor, and I know you and I talked about that. Like you, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the the 3D stuff and and everything like that. But it'll be it'll be fun regardless of of everything. I think uh, I'm I'm hoping they hit like you said. I'm hoping they have that huge elk. Like they got that life size elk target that they could put in that far left corner, like they did with that bison and stuff. Yeah, how far can you guys shoot out there indoors there at that league? 50, forty or something, or forty-five to forty-eight, I think was the. Oh, that's target. that's freaking awesome! Almost Can't ask 50. for more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it, Jim, it has like you know the bottom floor, and then there's steps that you could go up on top, and like how how shoot was from like an elevated platform? You shoot the first. What did they have? Thirty, so I think fifteen down below, and then fifteen up top, or something like that. Yeah, you think I can convince my wife to drive out to State College once a week? Yeah, for a, for a league. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it'd be sweet. Like it would be sweet. It would be sweet. Because I mean, we don't have anything like that down here. Truthfully, we yeah. Don't. Now we're actually, like I said, I think we're we're lucky. You know what I mean? And especially to like, what is it? A fifteen minute drive for us, Dimitri. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I nice. mean, it's it's not bad at all. And it's, like like I said, Jim, like it is legit a 48, 50-yard. Like if they put that in that back corner, 
Mm-hmm. Like that is a true 48 to 50 yard poke. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. and Nate's going to do like a Vegas style or I think Nate's going to do a Vegas style type and you know doing it the way of like hey, when I'm open, come shoot your weekly time and just hand in your uh paper at the at the end. Sure. That's cool though. Good for him that his shop seems to be doing really well. Yep. No, every time I've either gone by or been in there most of the time he has a full rack of uh a full rack of either one newer bow, a maybe three to four like ancient things that are mm-hmm. older than me, and then mm-hmm. like the rest are crossbows. It's nuts. Just that's insane. Cool. I mean cool. Yeah. So Yeah. I when I get the I'm gonna get the wife out to a a football game next year and uh I'll stop in and say yeah. hello to you guys and stuff and I wanna see Nate's shop yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's going pretty good. Well, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you telling your story and, you know, and what, what do you, what's your kind of goal for, for this spring before we uh, get head off? For this coming spring, I think I'm going to do what Dimitri said and I'm going to like wait till like at least August until I do any sort of, I kind of did a shit ton of Intel with uh, hiking the trails and, and understanding the trail systems for a lot of the, uh, like the lease properties and stuff that I hunt. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have that already you know, pretty much figured out as far as like where the hotspots are and where I need to be at certain times of the year, that kind of thing, just kind of fine tune it as the season rolls on type of deal. Yep. Uh, I might do some more, put some more time on some public land with, uh, with Timmy Tom this year yep. out, 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 out that way. Um, there's some things that him and I both wanted to uncover that we have kind of marked on our maps. So I might do that. Uh, might, might actually take advantage of maybe take some cell cameras out there to some trail systems and just kind of see what shakes out. Right. Um, and other than that, it's just, uh, just looking forward to enjoying all the deer meat that we work so hard for. Yep. And, and just enjoying the family time now. It's like, uh, like almost like a relief. Like it's like the victory lap, right. Being, having meat in the freezer, right. Victory lap feels good. It's so nice. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that you get the freaking lay the wood to a couple more yet. I know. uh, I'll, I'll live vicariously through you for, Finishing out hunting season. I had a, uh, I had some, some tenderloins tonight. It felt so good to have like fresh tenderloins, <laughs> like so good. Yeah. So, so good. Dimitri, ha- Dimitri's been relaxed for the last like two months. It feels like, <laughs> you know, he's just like, he's just like, I don't know. You guys are out there walk, walking all these miles and stuff. I'm just sitting here drinking a beer and yeah. uh, my freezer. Yep. <laughs> I love it though, man. That's, so, that's yeah. awesome. We, uh, what's, uh, Dimitri, what's, what's on, uh, from Santa Claus this year, what was the the big the big thing? Uh, just Buzz Lightyear toys. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love nice. it. How about you, Jim? The Hot Wheels and Hot Hot Wheels in my house. It's nice. all about Hot Wheels and Hot Wheels tracks. Nice. Mine was Legos and an iPad. That's that's like it's like at that age, I'm just I'm ready to do this. Just keep pounding my head off like friggin' desk so Dude, it won't be long until you're going to be buying her a car for christmas and uh she'll be you know driving her boyfriend to the you know mall gosh. or something or whatever i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna do the uh whole bad boys uh two movie like like show up and like <laughs> yeah just have a carcass like hanging in the garage yeah like a deer carcass and yep. when he pulls up just be like how you doing oh speaking of of deer carcass having that pulled up Demetri, there were two guys that had to come fix uh some some stuff in my house this past week mm-hmm. and 
they needed an outside. <laughs> they had a. They had a. Fix, they needed to get to to an outlet, and I don't have anything outside. So Pat was here. I wasn't here. I was at work. So Pat opened the door for them to get in the garage to use the outlet there. And my deer was hanging up, and they're like, "Oh, hey, nice deer." And uh, Pat's like, "Oh yeah, you know, he just got got it over the weekend." And he's like, "Oh, where does he hunt? Like up here at the trail?" And then. Pat was like, oh, do you know Dimitri? And he's like, yeah, I know Dimitri. He was like a couple years older than me. And first thing he, I guess he said before he said anything else was, is he still that big? He goes, he used to just carry guys with him on his back at the football field, on the football field. It was awesome. And, and Pat was like, he's still a big boy, you know. So. Yeah, now now he carries deer out. Yeah. yeah. Back. <laughs> what was his name, do you know? I'll have to ask Pat. I can't remember. But it was, uh, yeah, we yeah we just had some, some piping <laughs> issues. Uh, so they, Roto-Rooter came to, came to help. But I, I, I missed my opportunity to to bust on my wife to knock on the door and be like, Hey, what, what do we say, Jim? Hey, I'm here to lay a pipe. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it cool that we live in a state though, that like everyone are like knows and pretty much respects like deer hunting oh, yeah. for the most part, you know, that yep. they'll be like, Oh, they just see a deer hanging there. It d- doesn't phase them, you know? No. Uh, and I live in, you guys see where I live. It's like a you know pretty suburban neighborhood. And uh, I could have my tailgate down with, you know, two bodies sitting on the back of the tailgate and no one, they just wave to you like, Hey, congrats. Nice deer. And they yeah. just keep moving. You know? Yeah. But yeah, cool. yeah. But I do know the two guys, they're young. Well, obviously they're like only three or two years younger than, than you. And, uh, they, they are up from Sandy Ridge. So, mm-hmm. so they say, so I don't know. I w- I'll find out their names. Cause I guarantee you know exactly then who they are. So. Cool. Dimitri's famous in that that neck oh, of the yeah. woods. It seems like, yep. <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 every time I meet someone like around here, I'm like, "Do you know Dimitri?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know." I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just like, "I'm Dimitri's friend." Yeah, That's, I'm Dimitri's friend. <laughs> I, I throw it out all the time. I have I've yet to have someone like say something negative or be like, "Oh okay," you know. So that's good. Yep. No, that's good. Dimitri, I'm the Al Bundy of Phelpsburg. The Al Bundy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I, i'll tell you the guys from new york all all knew who you were they were like oh yeah dimitri man he freaking killed a bunch of deer already with the bow he's done he's tagged out because we were talking about because i had mentioned about you guys potentially coming to this you know trip or whatever if if the uh, if it worked out that way but because uh, then they'd ask where you guys were and stuff and i was like yeah dimitri he tagged out like in the first like three days of archer season or something, I don't know. It was, it, <laughs> like three deer with three arrows in three days or something ridiculous. So I don't yeah, know. that's awesome. And, it, <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, it, yeah, it's cool. Nah, we'll have a good that. That would be that would have been fun. I just I was I was obviously I gave Bill the the money to do it, and I just with life and everything else kind of happened. So Bill was very gracious enough to to reimburse me, which was I know was I good. told him you should have taken your money and put it towards yeah, like take my money know. and run put it towards like food and beer for the, yeah. for the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. But all right, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming on and appreciate you guys uh, taking the time on a Friday night to, to chat a little yeah, bit. A little so bit. we'll, uh, I'll catch you, catch you later on. Sounds good. All right, boys. Good season boys. Cheers. Cheers, man. All right. Later guys. Later.